This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. 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 All right, man. Tell me about the Tomato Fest. La Tomatilla, they call mm-hmm. it. This is weird because uh, we all know about the running of the bulls, right? And before that, they have a big tomato fight. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's to celebrate that they... Grow tomatoes? Where is this happening? <laughs> well, this particular one is in Buñol. It's a different city. It's not that. It's not attached to the running of the bulls. What's that? Still Spain? Spain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they've been doing it forever, and no one can say why. There are five different explanations that I came across why everybody, tiny little town, 20,000 people come from all over the world, line up on this street, and dump trucks full of tomatoes drive through, and then they just start a massive tomato fight. One hour, one hour, the street is pretty much covered with, I'd say, eight to ten inches of tomato sauce. Wow. Uh, By the end of it. Juice, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Unless you make it into giant spaghetti. I don't know. (laughs) That's a good point. So um, I tried to find any organizer or any you know people that were doing it but I, I really couldn't so here's a report on why they do the tomato fight in Buñol, Spain. It's a Spanish war that's been going on for more than 65 years. Another one 65 <laughs> years. Wow. A tomato fight. This is like your uh, like right. your wheel of cheese roll right. the other day. What's happening? Some insanity that just they won't die. But no one really cares about winning. It's like a really, really amazing experience. Like, it's really unique. The fight takes place once a year, and it only lasts about an hour. That's how long it takes to throw 150,000 tomatoes. (laughs) It's just odd. So they all line these little narrow streets, shoulder to shoulder, almost so that they can't move. You know, that sort of freaks people out. That Yeah. And uh, then they drive a dump truck through and everybody sort of has to make room. I'm not exactly sure how they do it. And they literally just start throwing tomatoes like crazy people. There have to be people who say, hey, we have hunger in Spain. This is these are I think this is the tomatoes that have um, are past their prime or whatever. Would you say they are rotten tomatoes? Sure. (laughs) That would help us move on past that joke. (laughs) Um, So before the tomato fight, and this is the part that I really don't understand. They put a ham on a pole and they grease it. Now, oh, I don't know why this happens, mm-hmm. but there's a pole and mm-hmm. there's a ham at the top of it. Yeah. And why all of these guys ham? who've been drinking don't know, can't find out. All these guys who've been drinking try to stand on each other's shoulders and then they one guy gets to the top and he tries to pull himself to the top but he falls down because it's the pole is greased. Why is that happening? I don't know. There's a guy in the crowd that's just upset the way that they're doing it. Unless they're making a sandwich. Maybe that's what it is. 
I, I don't know. But people, people are dressed up. They come in diapers. They come as bread. Bean, they have a whole full okay. suit of bread. All right. It's just nonsense for the sake of nonsense. I just How many people did you say participate in this? Thousands? 20,000. All right. 20,000 people are there. You got all these people who are trying to climb the grease pole to get right. the ham. I can't right. believe that's a sentence that just came out of my mouth. And then you've got Norbert over there who's like, I don't think you guys are doing it right. I think there should be a little bit more respect in the way you guys attack the pole. Very disappointed in the way they're climbing the greased pole to get the hand. really was. How upset can you be about that? It's insanity. So this is one of those uh, video vloggers who goes to all these interesting things and mm-hmm. explains to you exactly what's going on. At 11 o'clock, the cannon sound and the fight begins. The dump trucks sit at the edge of town until they hear the cannon sound. And then all 11 filled to the brim with tomatoes. There's 11 dump trucks full Whoa. of tomatoes. Crazy. Eleven dump trucks. Spoiled from the harvest, start rolling through the streets filled with 40,000 people, literally dumping the tomatoes everywhere. Yeah, it's my first time. We're both from England. Um, this is our first time here. This is another one of those things where they put it on YouTube mm-hmm. and everybody goes, wow, that looks crazy. I should go do that. Yeah, all over the world. And so this little tiny town, Bunyol, is mm-hmm. much, much smaller than that. And 40,000 people come and wow. it's just a crazy, crazy weekend trying to get ham off a greased pole. I don't understand it. Yeah, it was amazing. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> like all good military operations, the folks here have a few rules of engagement. Oh. First, only tomatoes can be thrown. Second, all tomatoes have to be squashed before hurling them at someone's head. Now, I thought this next one was oh. a really bizarre one. And third, no one is allowed to tear off anyone's clothes. <laughs> no one an, is allowed to tear off to anyone's clothes. That is an odd thing to mention until I saw this. Many people arrive in Bunol early. However, since the fight doesn't start until 11 a.m., they don't have much to do. Some take it upon themselves to rip other people's shirts off. <laughs> what the? This is so weird. This got really it's aggressive. It's a thing. And by it's the way. Th- it's, and it didn't seem like it was overtly sexual. It's just them drinking and most of the guys being guys mm-hmm. tearing shirts off. I don't understand that. And they said you have Climb to squash. A grease pole. What? You have to squash yes. the tomato before you throw it, and that's so that you don't injure anybody yeah, by hitting a them with a safety thing. Right, sure. But I mean, how do you do that? Do you just put it in your hand? hand to just They're smash spoiled. Like yeah, that? you yeah. just smash them. And, and that's why the juice goes everywhere, or sauce, as you call it. And that's why <laughs> it looks like the streets are just running rivers of blood. I mean, right? they really pretty much are. Right. Except for it's not blood. It's it's you know tomato. Right. Juice. Decades ago, people were actually thrown into jail for participating in the tomato fight. Okay, now here's the thing. Decades ago, they got thrown in jail because there was a tomato fight. Or, or if you listen to another source, there was a kid in school and they had a food fight. And then it just took off from there. And then mm. if you hear another uh, report, it's, a, it's some type of a parade going through town. And then they all got mad and started fighting. So no one knows. No one knows huh. why they do this, but it's been happening for 60 years. But then the small village of Bignol discovered that this flying ketchup bonanza is good for business. People come here from all over the world and pay money to bathe in the juices. I love that, that they've they've talked um, people to show up there and pay money yeah. to throw tomatoes at each other. Oh, they're going to have you next year for sure. I think I might be in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear the Inside Edition report? No. Of course. <laughs> it was an all-out food fight in Spain at La Tomatina. 20,000 people descended on the city of Bunal for the annual tradition and painted the town red oh, by throwing oh. bright tomatoes at each they other. painted the town red! Because it's sauce. See? 
That's the color of a tomato. I want them in a grave. The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. Are you serious? Are you serious? K-R-O-Q. It's not your dad's Robin Hood. It's not your grandpa's Robin Hood. It's not your great-great-great-grandfather's Robin Hood. It's our Robin Hood. Robin Hood himself, Taryn Edgerton, in studio with us yes. now on the Kevin hey. Show. Thank yes. you so much for having hey. me. Welcome. Taryn, Thank it's great you. to meet you. No, it's great to be here with you. Thank you so much for making the time. We've been oh. doing the show f- for a long time, and <laughs> like I've we never made seen... The time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. It, it goes both ways, so thank you. <laughs> I've never seen Allie more excited about a guest yeah. and have her say to me, oh, I'm going to ask him about this. Oh, I need to know about this. Yeah. Oh, i got to tell him this. I feel like you've been cribbing for this like it's a Supreme Court really? justice hearing yeah. or something, Allie. How no, very I, was, I was obsessed with Kingsman. Yep. Like, it was just my absolute favorite. Uh-huh. And then when you were cast in Elton John, I was like, are you are you kidding? Of course he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. But I also led the charge, whether you wanted to do the movie or not, for you to have been Han Solo. Yes. And I was out of my mind about that for a good three months on the air. Yeah. I basically threatened Disney. Right, yeah. yeah that was a funny that was a funny old time. I think what happened was um I had some reservations about it, and I think um, you made as, the right decision. Uh, well, no, I don't know. I, I've I, I haven't seen it, and it, um, I, that's kind of it's because it's slightly painful. But a huge part of me really wanted to do it, and yeah. then a big part of me was worried about doing it as well because I think what the what I arrived at in my mind was that nobody's playing that role but Harrison no. Ford, you know, yeah. and yeah. and. and, and um, you know, I have faith in my own abilities, but I don't have faith in my abilities to the point that I feel like I can live up to the biggest movie star of all time. You know, so mm. um, I, 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 uh, I kind of buy that, bowed out of that. Same race. with me, man. Yeah, I was like, so similar. I, I was like, you were so difficult. close, Jensen. So close, but then I decided at the last minute. I was like, I'm gonna do this Alf movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm ready for that. Yeah. But Taryn, explain the difference to me then. So I understand your reservations on uh, walking in Harrison Ford's shoes, but then to play Elton John, which yeah. is another decision. You, I mean, this is a guy who we all know as well as anybody are growing up our whole lives. Well, I guess in some respects, although, you know, people have kind of portrayed him in in small, you know, clips and things, like I know Justin Timberlake played him for this train, don't stop here anymore. But I, uh, no one had played that role before, and I felt that... Uh, something of my skill set would lend itself to to portraying him um, because I sing a little bit, oh, and a little bit, a little bit, and yeah. also the um, as the costume designer, the costume designer said this to me when we first started. He said. You're right for this because you're feisty but fragile, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and, and I feel there's probably some truth in that. So, um, I yeah, they instinctively felt that that was one to try and pursue and make happen. Yeah, I gotta tell you, we were talking uh, a little bit earlier before you came in about yes. the fact that you make great choices. It seems like every mm-hmm. single thing you pick is good. Oh uh, well, that's very kind. It has of you to be say. difficult. Yeah, I mean. I, I try and choose things for variety, and I try and choose things because I think I will enjoy the process of making them. But also, you kind of want to think that, you know, in 40 years' time, when I look back on the ride, that 
I can see a chronology that makes sense and I understand why I made decisions and didn't do things for the right decisions. So it's very, very lovely that you think that and I'm grateful. It's because you haven't been offered enough money to do a terrible movie yet. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd say any day, any any day now, maybe. As soon as someone dangles that one, all the integrity will fly out of the window. We call those a house payment. Yeah, exactly. Let me me go back to Elton for one second because I want you to share with our listeners the story I saw you share on Kimmel last night, which is uh, how you spent your birthday weekend. weekend. Oh, how it yeah. involves Elton John because this is a, talk about the twenty number twenty nine has got to be your best birthday memory ever I would imagine yeah certainly I mean it was kind of amazing I um I arrived in uh, New York on Friday night to start promoting Robin Hood and uh, obviously I've just finished this other movie about Elton and. Uh, he and I have gotten to know each other a bit, and I went to his concert with his husband and my family. And um, yeah, he uh, he dedicated a song to me and also the director of the film. Wow! And um, it was "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me," and it was very, 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 very moving. And yeah, um, yeah. How, how strange is it to say the words "I know him"? Yeah, <laughs> you know it, what I mean? it is strange. It, it's even weirder when an email pops up on my phone from him. It's like, you know, you just don't think of Elton John tapping away emails on his phone. <laughs> no, you yeah. don't you, at all. You know? If I got that, I think it's like one of those African kings asking me for millions <laughs> yeah, of dollars. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Little scam exactly. Ones. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Does um, he ever type out LOL or any emojis? Uh, no, oh, but you get the impression it. he types, you know, he's... His his mind works at a million miles per hour, mm-hmm. and he's very high energy and uh, and high levels of enthusiasm, and you sort of get that impression in his emails. Sometimes. Is it difficult yeah. to play somebody who's still alive and still that crazy vibrant? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I don't know how difficult it is. I guess what you try and do is you try and dial up the nat- the natural characteristics you have that 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 lend themselves to him, to him so right. so you know there's a there's definitely a tempestuous side to me sure um and there's definitely a side to me that feels the injustices in things quite acutely which i think is very <laughs> outen but i also hope that there's something vulnerable in me and and something of the big kid in me and i think that's that's very outen did too. he ever pull you aside and go hey uh why don't you play it this way no, he didn't. He's really given me freedom and license and always been very, very supportive. All right, last question before we have to take a break with our guest here in Edgerton, and then we want to talk all about Robin Hood Great. after the break. And that is, you also said something else in an interview recently where you talked about how you had to shave your head yeah. in order to to do the, all the various Elton hairstyles. That yeah, 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 yeah. So now, is it, is it growing back okay? Because you will not take that hat off. No, I, I mean, I might give you a little sneak peek. but I'm yeah. just concerned. Well, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's, okay. it's growing back. I mean, it was kind of a week and a half ago I shaved it, I think. Guys, so he could be Sideshow Bob. Girls are going to love the dude. <laughs> <laughs> he can't ugly himself up, right? <laughs> I have to say, I quite like the look. The hat thing is just something that I'm really enjoying. It's not something I've done It's before. odd, though, that you're, you're holding the headphones on the side of your head because you don't want to take the hat off. Well, I just think it looks it's a good. good. Look. It does look good. Look. Yeah. Let the man right. live. But Let the also, man live. But we're also on radio. Just want to point that out. Yeah, it's this okay. is true. All this good. is true. No, but, but you never we're looking co- at him. <laughs> you never want to... Uh, you never want to compromise the look, do you? Sure. That's right. Yeah. Taryn is the coolest guy in the room. There's oh, that's no question by far. That. Before you go, Taryn, Kevin is going to fire at you 60 seconds of questions. First answer that comes to your mind, okay? I love it. Great. 60 seconds it. with Taryn Edgerton. What were you like in high school? Um, Chubby. Chubby. <laughs> what was the worst job you ever had? Uh, I used to help old ladies try shoes on in a clothes store called Peacocks in my hometown. Uh, we talked about Star Wars. What's a role in a movie you were upset you didn't get? 
Um, uh, the lead role in Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk by Ang Lee. I'm less upset now that it's come out. <laughs> <laughs> Dog kisses on the mouth, yes or no? Say that again? Dog kisses on the mouth. Dog yes. kisses on the mouth. Not a chance. Okay. No way. Pineapple on pizza, yes, or I'm not an animal? A hundred percent, yes. Okay. Oh, you right. so British. Have you ever been in a real fight? Uh, I have, and I hated it. Did you win? I did. You won, and you oh. hated it. Uh, what's your go-to song for karaoke? Uh, Faith, George Michael. Oh, nice. What's the thing most people would be surprised to find out about you? Um, oh, I don't know, actually. Third nipple. Third nipple. Let's go third nipple. <laughs> third and it's nipple. on the sole of my foot. <laughs> so it's a strange placement, but okay. Karen, you are a delight, my friend. Thank you so much for stopping by the Kevin uh, I've Bean had show. a great time. Thank you so much. Thanks. We appreciate it. The Kevin and Bean Show, world famous K-Rock. Kevin, you've got a holiday treat for us. William Shatner has a new Christmas album, uh, and it's called Shatner Claus. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's magical. It really well, is an amazing, amazing. I haven't heard a second of it. I'm very excited. I'm, uh, I'm going to hear it for, along with many of our listeners for the first time. But I will tell you, I just brought it up on Amazon, and it says it's a very special gift for the holidays, the first ever Christmas album from the godfather of dramatic musical interpretations and a legend of stage and screen. Okay. Uh, you know who wrote that? William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring an incredible cast of supporting players. So it's not just Bill. You get more than the captain. You get lots of guest stars on the album, too. Who's Judy Collins? Should I know who she is? Yeah, she's a legendary singer-songwriter for 60 years. Kind of a folk music, pop music star. All right, she's helping him on uh, Dreaming of a White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. What is he say? Yeah. 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 What is he, Rain Man? It makes no sense to me. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be white. Dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the ones I, 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 I used to know. <laughs> Sounds like a guy doing a Shatner impression. Going on. It really does. It? does. <laughs> it really does. Does he know he's being recorded? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Judy Collins sounded great, though. Uh, Billy Gibbons? ZZ Top. ZZ Top. That's what I thought. Okay. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Tell me what's wrong with this. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donder and sorry? Blitzen. Donder? He said Donder. <laughs> There's only eight of them. Get- and the same eight have been around for a hundred years. Sabotage. Say his name. Sabotage. What the hell? Yeah. Is, is it possible in Canada it's Donner? No. Maybe they have a different version? <laughs> no. No. no, its name is Donner. Donner, okay. So why, did he just insist on it? Did oh. somebody not catch it? I guarantee you an engineer told him and he was like, don't care, good take. <laughs> Comet and Cupid and Donder and Blitzen. I don't. The most famous reindeer. Is it Randolph? <laughs> <laughs> Who says Donder? It makes What's no sense happening? to me. Also, I you love... have to see the cover. The cover of the album. It's like the cheapest Photoshop 
of William Shatner in he a Santa didn't hat. Even dress up. Barely, just the hat really creeping through a Christmas tree and just the fonts are bad. Oh, this is the jankiest like you, you get the idea that he walked in and twelve minutes later he walked out. He was done with the whole album. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could play the full songs, but I don't have time. Next one is uh, Little Drummer Boy. And little no. drummer boy should not be spoken. No. <laughs> it should be sung. I played my drum for, my drum for him. Why is he saying rum pum pum pum? I played my best for him. That's a song. It. Imagine Don't need it. if no. he's recording it in like a bathrobe. Oh, like, and it's open. It's open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, in this one, he wants to point out that he's with Brad Paisley. They're okay. very good friends. They're yeah. very good friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the track, he's very, very despondent as he's about to go into uh, Blue Christmas. Oh. He's it's very a sad, sad song, yeah. It's yeah. a sad song. Mm-hmm. But he does. He there's, does something, there's something uplifting. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this storm is never going to end. Oh, man, the snow is piling up. We're stuck here. We're stuck at... Hey, is that Brad Paisley? (laughs) Yeah, that's Brad Paisley. He's stuck here, too. (laughs) Yes. I'll have a blue (laughs) Christmas without you. And now that's a full country version of Brad Paisley sings on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play one entire song. I do love his voice, though, by the way, William Shatner. He does have a very captivating voice. It really draws you in. Yeah, you you mean for, like, reading books. Maybe this isn't the best use of that voice. This is not the best use of that (laughs) voice. Okay, what's the full song we're going to hear? Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. (laughs) Because you're not going to believe it. You're just, it's just not, it's not believable. Because he's going, yeah! Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Right? Why is that happening? <laughs> Why is he doing Does he think that sounds Spanish? This is the Choco Taco of Christmas songs. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm sorry, that uh, that was him. That was him. Just Wow. That was William Shatner saying. Sounds racist. It's oh. extremely racist. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Okay, that's plenty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. No, really. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
30 seconds, Bean. You can take it. something that I think is going to catch on. Mm-hmm. I think we, we spread the word. We make this our cause. Don't touch kids. Yeah. I, I, this is for you, Catholic Church. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> this yeah. uh, came up unexpectedly on the program, right? Yesterday, Alan? Yeah. Yesterday, I was doing a story on what's happening because I was like, this is ridiculous. It's all about people that are buying signs and Etsy now, the website Etsy, is selling signs that you can put on either your carriage or maybe you've got a um, cart at the grocery store. That says, please don't touch. Please look, don't touch. Stop, no touching. Your germs are too big for me. And you place it right by your child. And I was like, who's just walking around all willy-nilly touching kids that don't belong to them? Now, I, you sure those signs aren't being made for the zoo? Like, no, that makes these... more sense. You don't put your hand in the, in the lion pen. These are for children. And I thought, this is just insane. This is not a thing. Until... My email lit up. My Twitter lit up. Halfway through talking about it. Um, people were like, uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, PJ Bovey said, it's absolutely bonkers how many people touch or try to touch my 13-month-old. They just assume it's okay because babies are babies. It's incredibly awkward to tell them to stop or say no. You don't just grab a random person's dog. Why a baby? And then another person, Johnny Rodriguez, says, my daughter's super cute and really chunky, so we constantly have random people obsessing with her and her roles and always asking if it's okay. What? What? People are insane. Like, uh, who's... Who walks up to a baby of somebody that you've never met? And just touches. That's insane. I, insanity. I, apparently, it's happening a lot to a lot of people. So those signs literally are needed. They, they are needed. Yeah. Wow, I thought it was just like a one-off trying to be funny thing. Right. I can't imagine doing that. Let's try uh, Susie Simi Valley Line 8 here on the Kevin Bean Show. She is not the baby toucher, but she has one in her family. Let's find out how she's dealing with it. Susie, welcome to the show. Hi. My mother is a baby toucher. Oh, no. <laughs> she will go up to random people in the grocery store, and she will walk up and go, Oh, my gosh, baby. Like she's never seen one before, and she will touch them. Oh man! And I tell her, I tell her, Mom, don't touch that random stranger's baby. And she's, Oh, I just made cookies. It's just fine. What does that even mean? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to have my baby avoid: people who are handing out cookies. And <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the reaction she gets from the people? You say she's done this multiple times. How how do people respond to her? Well, they look at her kind of strangely, and then I go, okay, Mom, come on. It was only received well once um, on an airplane. There was this single guy. He's got the diaper bag, single dad. He's walking down the aisle, and my mom's sitting there, and you should have seen her eyes light up. Oh, no. And this guy, this guy who's totally stressed out about going on a, on an airplane with his, his child, and my mom's like, she held that baby the entire flight. Oh. <laughs> wow. Did she ask permission? Yeah. 
<laughs> he was 20 rows know. back. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> Looking for his baby the whole flight. It's fine. Right. I just made cookies. <laughs> All right, Susie, uh, give your mom our best and tell her to don't touch kids. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Let's go to line six. This is going to be John in Irvine. He's running into this all the time, too. John, welcome to the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Thank uh, you. My daughter, my daughter was born in um, Central Africa, so she doesn't look like me nor uh, more than 1% of the entire population of Orange County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but people people come up to her all the time and uh, just grab her hair and just, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's one rule, guys. Don't touch a black woman's hair. Amen, <laughs> Amen. You can never be too Period. young to know that, <laughs> right? Do not do that. It yeah. takes six, six to nine hours to get her hair done. Do not touch a black woman's hair. Wow. Yes, that is very good advice. It's. I had no idea that black people were so scarce down in Irvine. So it's like a oh, curiosity. It's Orange County, for God's sake, Pete. It's, cur- it's a curiosity. Like, people line up around the block just to touch your baby, I bet. A thousand kids at my kid's school, and she's one of three. Mm. Wow. All right. Well, congr- <laughs> congratulations on your daughter. Thank you, John. We appreciate you calling. Um, all right. Let's go to uh, Albert Line 3. He's in Hacienda Heights. He has a, a different situation. It's twice as bad for him. Hey, Albert. Hey, guys. Yeah, so I have identical twins. Um, they were born on Valentine's Day so, as a kicker. And... A specific, uh, well, the Asian community seems to be amazed by this. They take pictures of them when we're not looking. They get near them. They're just fascinated by them. And we don't understand what the big deal is. It's just babies. So, I mean, we're constantly, we have to give ourselves 45 minutes for Q&A every time we go to the market. Because they want to know their life story. And people, they try to grab them. They try to tickle them. They try to do and it's like, no, leave my freaking kids alone. <laughs> what the hell is the problem? What the hell is the problem is right. Stop yeah. having such cute they, twins, Albert. That's on you, I mean, Albert. Now, my kids are scared to uh, go around strangers. Before, they used to be very welcoming and stuff, but now they don't want to be away from us because they're just scared. People do scared little kids. Mm, yeah. And they're, they're, only, they're about you know 18 months now, and they're freaked out by people because people just go. And they're aggressive about it at times, too. They don't understand that you can't just touch people's babies yeah it's crazy it's crazy that you wouldn't be able to say one thing and have them just back away as fast as possible yeah they're like oh, oh no. i've got i've gotten people's i've grabbed people's wrists and like no don't be touching my baby i've almost gotten in in, in altercations because of it because it, it gets upsetting it's like what what makes you think you have a right to touch someone else's baby and wow. coming from a person that never wanted to hold a, a newborn because I'm scared that, you know, my germs is going to, their, their immune system is, is weak and stuff. I've never wanted to touch babies. So when they just come up and think, hey, it's okay, I could just go ahead and, you know, tickle yeah. your baby, grab them, do whatever. It's No, it doesn't it's work a, that way. Get the it, hell away. It's a disconnect for sure. Well, those people have not heard the new motto of the Kevin and Bean Show, which is don't, don't touch, touch kids. kids. These DJs are superstars. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Mugs? Hello. No. <laughs> Muggs has dipped his toe into the very popular world of ASMR. These videos, we started talking about it. Well, we've been uh, featuring them on our show in the Internet Roundup for years and years. But lately, they've come in back in fashion because of the Haley Williams from Paramore. She did one. Uh, Cardi B did one. Jenny Slate. You Jenny look up Slate ASMR in YouTube, and it's endless. Mm-hmm. It's endless. And we've had, a, we've had a lot of conversations about it because I find it in no way relaxing at all because I just lean forward to listen to the person who's whispering instead of talking like a normal person. It's all so, about being quiet. 
but lots of people are really into those sounds of rubbing cloth or you know or or in Muggs's case uh, rubbing uh, a microphone against his nipple uh, whatever just, it takes. Whatever it takes, right? So, Muggs, you decided that you were going to do your own ASMR video, and who knows? You may cash in. You may be one of these YouTube channels that takes off, and this could be your full-time job. Look, I might have a career ready to get out. Once I'm out of K-Rock, once I'm done with you guys. Next week? <laughs> how dare you, Kevin? <laughs> I'm going to have a nice career all set up and ready to go. Mm. Okay, so you're the expert now, since you've done a video sure. that's up at krock.com, and it's well worth watching to the end. Explain for folks who are maybe new to the phenomena, what does ASMR mean, and what does it do? Well, the letters ASMR actually stand for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, and it's a, a static, tingling-like sensation that your skin experiences from these whispering noises. Very calm and relaxing. So you actually get a response from just listening to these sounds. Huh. Right? <laughs> so Beer Mugfoot did 20 minutes of ASMR. Yeah. It's one of his uh, side hustles. My name is Beer Mug and I need some money because Kevin and Bean pay really tea. Now I'm looking for a side hustle that will make me rich so I can tell Kevin and Bean Side hustle with me, beer mug. Oh, beer mug's hosting it. Good. Now, one of your side hustles is never going to be singing reggae music, right? Uh, the reggae's in me, Bean. It lives inside of me, Does deep it? down. Okay. Yeah. So mugs took every trope from ASMR <laughs> videos, everything that people do in other videos, and crammed them all into one like ASMR greatest hit. So I think we're going to hear a bunch of different things that yes. he did in this video. The first yes. thing mugs does is he takes the microphone and he rubs it against his beard. By the way, shirtless, and stop asking why. <laughs> Everything beer mug does is shirtless. That's just those. That's the rules around here. Okay. Yeah. So he rubs the microphone against his beard. First, we're going to listen to the sound of my beard. That sounds like masculinity at its best. Does it sound like masculinity <laughs> at its best? Is that what it sounds That's like? What it sounded like to me. Huh. Bugs, are you already a little out of breath making this? Video? Oh my god! Yes. Oh, oh my god, Bean! I I didn't realize having to whisper twenty minutes straight how strenuous it was. Sure, I was way out of breath. Strenuous. Yes. What a sentence it, you just said. What are you talking about? Just trying to control my breathing while whispering. Uh -huh. It was very hard for me. Yeah, but you're two minutes into the video. So <laughs> I know. Like gonna pass out. It was ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So he goes from the beard and he takes the microphone. He looks around his body. He's like, I have nipples. So then he rubs the microphone against his nipples. Now we're going to listen to the sound of my nipple. That was the sound of my beard and my nipple. Go yeah, on. It's not. <laughs> Go on. Does this mic keep going south? <laughs> oh. And as an added bonus, a little bit of my chest hair. <laughs> does it keep going south? No, it does not. Okay. I got to tell you guys something Thank real God. funny. While I was shooting this video, they had me in an open studio, much like this one, windows open, and there's people upstairs in the KNX newsroom, professionals mm -hmm. walking by. <laughs> oh, Who is this idiot sitting with his? Look, I look naked, and people are taking pictures. People are pointing. Why is he rubbing a microphone on his nipples? <laughs> <laughs> it was wow. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> so then he went for flaming hot Cheetos. That's kind of getting too loud for what's supposed to be soft, quiet sounds. 
I'd say so. Let's experience this flaming hot goodness right now. Let's find some way to eat in every video he does, by the way. Oh, of course. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to feel a tingling in my skin. <laughs> Is it crawling up your spine? It's not. No, no it's not there yet. Allie, how are you feeling as you listen to Bugs get a sexy on? I'd love a Cheeto, to be <laughs> quite right. frankly. Can I tell you guys that he did Pop Rocks, and Bugs oh. doesn't understand Pop Rocks. You put them in your mouth, and then you open your mouth, and they pop. Sure. He just starts chewing them, and he's like, you I know. don't know. Well, and I don't understand why we can't hear anything. So then, while he's giving that explanation, this happens. So far, no popping. Oh, maybe. Okay, so, so far, no popping. And when he said popping, he heard, oh, oh, that's how you do it. So then he finally just opened his mouth. Here we go. Can't help. It's got to chew it. It's just so good. It was just so tasty. He can't help himself. He can't resist any food. Come on. <laughs> now, um, how did you come up with the idea to smack yourself in the face with Hawaiian bread? Well, this came from uh, associate producer Christine and I. We were talking, because some of the ideas before we shot the video, what we could do, and uh, this was an inspiration from uh, what Breadface Lady or whatever bread her name face is. very yeah. popular. So we, sure. I wanted to pay homage to her in the video. I'm going to take these Hawaiian sweet rolls and smash them up against my face. Here it goes. All my sensation went away. I don't, I'm not feeling anything Wait, now. The, the bread face didn't do I'm anything. I'm not feeling anything now. No, I don't get that whole deal. By the way, I know she said, if I remember correctly, she's an attractive Asian lady. Yeah, who smashes the bread in her face. But what's the turn on there? I don't get it. Mm. Now remember, we're supposed to be um, whisper. Everything has to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Mugs picks bubble wrap. Okay. And isn't the idea of bubble wrap that you pop it quite loudly? Mm -hmm. Well, I, but I think that this is part of the SMR community. This is something that people find soothing to, to hear bubble wrap get popped. Something I thought I'd try. An old shipping favorite. An old shipping favorite, by the way. <laughs> Did you know that? Did you guys know That's that? That's an old, old shipping, shipping favorite. favorite. <laughs> oh, they love the bubble wrap. <laughs> Tell me more of these tales of yours. <laughs> uh, used to ship stuff. You know, they used to, yeah, but they don't. They haven't shipped things in bubble wrap in a hundred years, right? right? Yeah, it doesn't quite work. No. All right, yeah. but tried it. What are you gonna do now? Gum. Okay. Oh, who loves the sound of people <laughs> chewing gum? Yeah. Or somebody chewing their gum too loud. Well, I'm gonna chew my gum too quietly. Oh, jeez. Old please. <laughs> the worst. Oh man. You love it and you know it. Here's another clip. Well, that concludes the ASMR video. My name is Beer Mug, and I want to thank everybody for watching. And hopefully, I have triggered some sort of auditory response in your nether regions. Have a wonderful day. And he puts the, the microphone up his butt. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> Is that the chair? What's happening? It must be getting up. But you guys got it. When you watch the video, you make sure to stay toward the to very, very end. end. Yes. yes. It's yes. well worth uh, to see the rest of Muggs' outfit. So this has been beers, Beer Muggs' first and last oh, side hustle. Oh, come on. That was another installment of Beer Muggs.
Rockside Hustle. Don't quit your day job. Bro, bro. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. They're idiots. It's time for people are dumb. People are dumb. Hey, uh, guy swipes Hearst. This is the headline, and I already have a problem with the headline. Guy swipes Hearst gets unexpected passenger. <laughs> mm. Shouldn't you know? Right? Who could it be? Is that unexpected for real? <laughs> no. Uh, police in central Mexico said they caught a man who made off with a hearse. The police department says on its Facebook page that the hearse had been ready to take a body of an 80-year-old man from a hospital in a neighboring uh, uh from, in, from a neighboring hospital to a funeral home. The 40-year-old man had admitted seeing the keys in the vehicle, yeah. so he took it. Why not? And how hard is it to locate a hearse for the police? <laughs> you mm-hmm. think. They're driving around. <laughs> Apparently, neither guy was injured, which also is a weird statement. <laughs> neither guy. Neither guy was injured. So the guy, the, de- so the, de- the right. dead guy was just as dead as he was. Yes, he but was. not okay. injured. Okay. But not injured. Okay, good. Not worse. Huh. He wasn't worse than dead. Right. A fish shop has been shut down after its owners were caught using googly eyes to make their stock look fresher. It's my favorite story. You know those fake little eyes that they, little comedy eyes? Yes. They put them on the fish. How did they think that was going to work? I don't know, but they said they thought literally that people would think, oh, that's a much more fresh fish. Right, look at the eyes. Look at the eyes. Uh, the Kuwait's Department of Commerce had shut down the shop, apparently, after an attempt to use the novelty eyes to mislead customers. A day later, other fish shops in Kuwait have been getting in on the uh, joke, posting ads about selling fish without cosmetics. Mm. <sighs> Those pictures are hilarious, though. They really are. But honestly, like, they don't Mm-mm. look at all like real eyes. No. So why would a shop owner go, is it? I was surprised by the one that had the fake uh, glasses and mustache, too. I thought, that's that's (laughs) not going to make a fish look fresh. The monocle was overkill. (laughs) Yeah. A uh, bungling burglar in Minnesota was nabbed after his pickup got stuck in a large pile of foul-smelling manure during a getaway. And when you say his pickup, he was stealing a pickup. Uh, Matthew Bloomquist, 29, of Minnesota, was found standing on the side of the road, smoking a cigarette, covered in manure from his waist to his feet when deputies oh. arrived. He was wearing jean shorts, jean lo- shorts. <laughs> long underwear, and no shoes, which they assume got stuck as he was trying oh, to no. pull himself yeah. out of... It's like, it's like the quicksand of poop. Oh. Correct, exactly. Uh, the farmer called to report the overnight burglary, he said, and surprisingly, the pickup truck was still on his property. Huh. So the guy never got off his property because he got stuck in manure on the guy's property where he stole the truck. Yeah. So get out and leave it? You'd think. Start walking in your poop suit. Right. <laughs> Why did this guy have so much manure, by the way? He had a lot of manure. Yeah. There was a lot of manure. I'm, I, I assume it's because he had a lot of animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if I understand the way things work. Yeah, you get farming. <laughs> Doc- <laughs> Doctors baffled after a man gets a 23-inch sex toy stuck inside himself. Oh, oh the oh x-ray my. of this, you guys. Couldn't get it out. Doctors had to get creative after he was admitted to the hospital with a huge sex toy stuck in himself. Uh, one group of doctors have just been faced with the bizarre task of trying to get out the 23-inch 
sex toy. And they couldn't. They tried all of the other ways to get it out. Right. And they couldn't get it out. I mean, 23. What are you doing, sir? Right? What are you doing? Really? Come on now. 23. I, I, I mean, that, whoa. Um, apparently, the doctors eventually failed to retrieve it, so they were forced to get creative, and they used a new method of remover, uh, removal. They threaded a piece of wire through a catheter mm. to create a sort of noose. <gasps> and then they pulled it. Why does your sex toy need to hit your heart? This is what I'm trying to right? figure out. Why'd I mean, they hang the sex toy? I mean, this is <laughs> the only way they can get it out. Can you imagine? <laughs> they also said the guy spent 24 hours trying to get it out before he went to the hospital. Of course, oh, sure of he, did. Course he, of did. Sure he did. Can you imagine? Uh, because honestly, I can't imagine what you would try right. yourself to get it out. Oh, at least. You've got to do baby oil. You've got to do, like, dishwashing liquid. That is an ugly, ugly 24 hours. That's what I'm saying. You have to have an uncomfortable conversation with your mom. Right? Can Who you you're help? rubbing with. I fell on it. <laughs> I don't even know what it was doing there, yeah, but I slipped. so weird. So, so they had to invent a tool, basically, yes. to pull this thing a out. A different way of pulling it out than they ever have before. Wow. I'm just glad it was a, an actual sex toy instead of some of these stories that we hear about where it's like a light bulb or something like that that could really, mm. you know, Light bulbs aren't 23 inches. Being. No, but not have what he was looking for. They have other hazards, but yeah, this guy needed something more. That is insane. And finally, out of uh, China, pole dancing at Chinese nursery shocks parents. Hey, it's good exercise. A Chinese nursery uh, has come under fire. For having a pole dancer perform at its welcome ceremony. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What? Parents and children were all invited to attend the opening ceremony <laughs> at the Shindahula, which I'm positive I said wrong, oh, kindergarten. I think it's right. Yeah. Uh, as part of the program, families were invited to watch a number of female performers perform in very skimpy clothing, including a pole dancer. Footage of the pole dancer has widely circulated online, mm -hmm. and a lot of the parents were saying, I, I really would like to know what the headmaster was thinking mm -hmm. uh, about at the time and why he would do that. Um, other parents said nursery children uh, need to learn knowledge, but not too much knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I say, is it ever too early to have knowledge? Right. Right? According to, motto. according to the official broadcaster, CCTV, the local uh, education bureau has since instructed the school to apologize, dismiss the school headmaster, and carry out an investigation into the incident. But leave the girls a good tip, right? Right, because they got to make a living. Sure. Do you think all the dads showed up for that orientation? Yep, every single one of them. And they were like, no, no, hey, hey, let's not protest too quickly. Let them earn a living, for God's right. sake. At a kindergarten. Mm. Oh, that's... Maybe that's not ideal. No. And that's... Dumb. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's cool. I'm guessing it's many things. Cool is probably the one thing it's not. It's not. The world famous K-Rock. It is time for a feature we call... That's that info, Bean! How dare you, Bean by the way? He spends a lot of time on the internet. He reads stories. There's no conversation going on in the room. None of us are talking about the topic. Mm -hmm. And just out of the blue, he'll say something and think that it's fascinating to everyone. In my defense, could I just say all conversations have to be started by somebody? Okay? So if nobody Most ever... of these are not conversation starters as much as they are enders. Well, let's all be the judge of that <laughs> as, right. you, as you describe. Um, I will do the impression of you first, and then if anyone else says anything in the room, which, by the way, is against the rules, mm -hmm. uh, I'll let you know what that is. All right, the first one is, ah, ah, 
decide where to eat today, you guys. Pause. Okay. Hold on. Pause. <laughs> it's such a burden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how hard can that be? Well, it is. It's and is a very... that a conversation starter? No, I okay. see your point. Because there's really nothing that you guys can do for me to right. help with that. So where is that going to go? I, I, that one's a conversation ender. That's, That's I, that I, info B. I, I see your point there. I, I don't think we spend enough time talking about how hot Casey Musgrave is. He did say that. Um, that is true, by the way. We're not saying true or false. Okay. But, uh, Jensen, you're with me on that. She's underappreciated as an attractive woman, right? She is. She's an attractive lady. Mm-hmm. But I don't, that info I'm sorry, I don't but know you... if, no, I just, I don't know if, you know, it's something we can all discuss over a few minutes. Right. It need, okay. Didn't need to be brought up. I Co- understand. A couple days ago. Um, I wonder what Barbara Walters is doing now. <laughs> Look, did you think one of us was going to have an update? Perhaps Allie might have known. Thanks for that info, B. Doesn't it ever happen where you just think of a celebrity and you thought, oh, man, I haven't thought about Gene Hackman in a long time. Like, where is he now? What's he doing with his days? I had one last night. Yeah. I woke up at 1230, stomach ache, stayed up all night, and around 2 a.m., I went, what happened to Coney? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Coney was a bad guy. Yeah, we never caught him. We never caught him. I looked it up and Googled and everything. Tony still still around, still at large, still okay. living his life. But did you talk right. to Danielle about it? No. Yeah, I, I think I that's about, the key. I thought about shaking her and being like, "Babe, yeah, Tony's still loose." That's the key. Is sometimes <laughs> when you think something, go ahead and keep it a thought. What if Barbara Walters is living with Coney somewhere? Oh. You ever think about that? Oh, an interview oh. gone awry. Right. Hey, hey, I'm reading a ten thousand word article on a song. <laughs> Nobody says anything. Not in love with it right now. <laughs> what was the song? No I one wish sa- I remember. No one says anything. There's a lot of detail in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that info, B. <laughs> yes, Pete. Any thoughts on on conversation starters? I mean, I guess if I if I named the song at the time, maybe you guys would have had some, you know, something to say about it. Like you liked it, or you thought it deserved it. Or you... I mean, the only answer is how do you read a ten thousand word? piece on any song right really well yeah okay love actually came out 50 years ago today 15 whatever no one says anything so did the movie elf (laughs) nothing i'm gonna put up a poll about which movie is better (laughs) love actually or elf That whole conversation he had by himself. <laughs> that is completely appropriate, given our job and given the season. Love Does Actually it? and Elf. Yeah, they both came out on the exact same day in 2003. Which one has held up better? I thought that was a legitimate topic for the show. Okay, and the fact that no one in the room said a word? Well, uh, I mean, doesn't that maybe <laughs> feel like perhaps that was something that didn't need to be said out, out loud? That one could have tethered. understood your level of interest. That sorry. one could have tethered, though. He could, we could have volley, volleyed that one a little Well, I wound mm. up, after he put up the poll, telling him the poll was just wrong because they're not comparable movies. Right. Like, what are you doing? You can't put up a poll of which one's better because they're not of the same ilk. Well, they're both holiday classics, though, I'm, modern holiday classics that lots of people enjoy and watch. Well, we've I engaged think. him now. Mm-hmm. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go. I, I had a dream last night about Taylor Swift, you guys. And I said... How does that affect us? And Bean said, I was just surprised it had so much detail. Oh, God. <laughs> Not like what hold on, you're hold thinking, on, Hold on. Nothing. 
I'm just saying. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> that info be. Look, is it, that can't be an uncommon discussion for coworkers to have. Is about dreams, right? I never want to hear a dream conversation again. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't blame you. Chip's already scarred. Plus, I work with a dream interpreter. Uh, there could have yeah. been that could have gone somewhere. Ali could have helped me out. She didn't say anything because no, no, no she didn't. Right. <laughs> and finally, um, you know how you burn somebody uh, with food? Yeah. You know, Bean loves chocolate milk. So mm -hmm. if we're drinking chocolate milk, we go, ah, we got some chocolate milk, Bean. And then he's like, oh, I wish I had it so much. Bean's not so good at playing that game. I can't, I can't hear you guys right now. A new Katy Perry Christmas song just came out. <laughs> pa long pause. And then Allie said, wow, that's a sick burn. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for that info, Bean. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Weezer is back in a big way, Kevin, as you know, with yes. their uh, very surprise cover of Toto's 1982 hit Africa. And, and it's really brought them back. Uh, I mean, this is the first time they've been on the charts in years. It's a phenomenal, huge success for them. And didn't they do that because a 14-year-old girl in South Africa tweeted <laughs> yes. them or something? Like, Pretty much, yes, yeah. That's the reason why they did it? <laughs> yes. Which is so Weezer. I love it so much. I do, too. So I got to give Dave, our producer, the credit for this. He said, hey, I know another uh, musical genius who isn't as successful as he should be be here in the 21st century maybe the same magic can strike twice let's get the armenian comedian to record africa as well genius and bring him back right so you were out you missed it a couple of weeks ago maybe some of our listeners did too so that's the setup for our phone call to sam as we prepare to world premiere his version of africa i think sam joins us on the phone right now armenian comedian how are you Oh my God, <laughs> Sam! Turn down your radio. You're you're on the phone with us. Oh my God! Oh, for the love of God! I love it, Sam. Twenty five years we've been telling you turn down the radio, oh, Sam. <laughs> Sam, he's the best. Sam, <laughs> really? All right, it's gonna catch up any any minute here. <laughs> By the way, Kevin, you're not at all surprised to hear that's how the interview started, it's right? It's insane because we have had him on, I don't know, hundreds of times. <laughs> yes. Every single time we spell it out in detail. There's some delay. It'll screw you up. Turn down your radio. Right. Right, exactly. Every single time, and he doesn't. So Omar is in with me. We finally get him on the phone. Sam? How are you? Yes. Good morning, everybody. Yes, turn the radio off. You can't listen to the radio while you're talking to us on the radio. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll go in the other room. Okay. Oh, uh, Sam didn't know that until this. <laughs> All right. So Dave calls you and says he wants you to record a version of Africa, the Toto song. What did you think? Africa. I was huh? born in Africa, Ethiopia, the suburb, dude. Okay, all right, so it's appropriate. Okay, great. Did did you know yes. the song, Sam? I've heard before, yes. Mm -hmm. A lot, lot. Okay. I've heard all the oldies all the time. All right, and what did you think about the idea to have you record it? It was got mysterious ways it works, Kevin and Beans. And I was born in Africa. I no, said, you, you oh, that, yeah, yeah, this is mine. All right, so Sam, as you can tell, guys, is very excited about this. How about he, that? And you know his level of confidence, Kevin, when he goes into the studio, Yeah, I right? also expected you to spend about 30 minutes explaining to him what that song was. So the fact that he knows it is, is great. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, you, you think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> Let's find out. Now, Omar, in the studio that morning, explained how difficult it is to record Sam. When you've heard our meeting comedian music on our show before, for instance, I give you the... Uh, 
the uh, Armenian comedian and wing duet of the ACDC song, right? Which is phenomenal. Right. That took lightning. God bless him. Like four hours to put together. It's I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable how bad Sam is. But Sam came into the studio that day just on fire, knowing that he could knock this song out of the park with very little help from Omar. Good. So I told myself this past Wednesday, I'm going to give myself two hours to record <laughs> a killer version of this song. I have the original track laid down and I have a karaoke bed right there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take it phrase by phrase so we get everything right on time or as close to it as we can. Okay. They kind of dump it into the computer and then adjust it. All right. Okay. Easy. So we start recording the first phrase, Mm -hmm. and it goes fine. I'm thinking, wow, this is not going to take as long as I thought. Right. Then Sam starts throwing a fit. Oh, no. He's like, hey, man, I know the song. We could just do it in one take. Just giving me all kinds of attitude. Hey, listen. I know the song. I I can do it, and I did it in one take. Didn't I, or what? Tell me. Okay, well, we're going to world premiere it, Sam. And guys, um, you guys just let us know how far into the song we can get through. I don't think I like your attitude, Omar. You're a producer. He's an artist. Okay? Right? right? He's oh an artist. You, you got to yield to the talent sometimes, You got to follow Omar. his lead a little bit. You know? All right. So having said all that, are we ready, Kevin, for yes, the please. world premiere for your ears of Sam's uh, Africa? Here we go. Can't wait. <laughs> in some correct words in there. A few, yeah. Which shocks uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Most not correct. Right. Most not right. correct. But a few. And he couldn't be more not on the beat correct. either, by the way. Right. Like, it's all over the place. He was so, so I- insulted when Omar suggested they do a couple of takes. Right. So uh, that's about as much as we played. But oh. we, do, we do go back to Sam right at the end here, and I think you'll enjoy what he has to say for us. I know that I must Okay. I think that's plenty. I think that's... Uh, what song is Sam singing? I don't know, man. That's Sam, where I was so frustrated. Sam, you weren't anywhere near in time with the music. Okay. Oh, he's listening to himself on the radio. God damn it. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam. Sam. <laughs> Just, all right, just keep doing what you're doing, Sam. <laughs> I love Sam so much. There you go, Bean, ladies and gentlemen. Bean usually doesn't text me while I'm on vacation, but I was on vacation that day, and he texted me. He's like, Sam was magic. <laughs> I love it. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. I just have one question Is curling a real thing? Uh, curling is a real thing. Yeah. Remember how crazy we were for curling? During the was it the Olympics two years? Oh yeah, ago? yeah. Every every four years in the Winter Olympics, we all rediscover how awesome curling is, and then we generally don't think about it right. again until the next time. Right, exactly. It's sort of if you haven't seen it, it's sort of like shuffleboard on ice. 
That's how Kevin, I would describe it. Why would you say? Those who call it shuffleboard on ice are ill-advised. <laughs> here's, uh, here's what curling's all about for those that are familiar with the sport. It's called curling. Players slide the heavy stones toward the circle or house as teammates control the direction and speed of the stone by sweeping in front of it with a special broom. Okay, so we're out of the <laughs> Olympic season right now, so how is curling even on your radar? A guy named uh, Ben tweeted me, how can you not enjoy curling? I'm looking at you, Kevin. They drink. And this story just came out um, back in 2015. Four-time world champion curler Rod, uh, Randy Furbay. Oh, yeah, Randy. Yeah, yeah. good dude. He told the Ottawa Sun <laughs> uh, you'd go to your curling game and you'd sit and visit with people, have a bunch of beers, and stay up all night. That, that's what curling was to him. Okay. And the, now he says teams don't do that anymore. And that's just not true because on Sunday afternoon, there's a curling foursome of Jamie Coe, maybe you guys recognize these names. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ryan Fry. Oh, I have his jersey. Chris Schill. Oh, yeah, Triple Crown winner. And DJ, <laughs> is there a Triple Crown? Yeah, Triple Crown. And uh, DJ Kidby. Oh, DJ Kidby. Right? Oh, my God, Rookie of the Year. Got kicked out of the uh, Red Deer Curling Classic in Alberta, in part because they were extremely drunk. Yeah! I mean, come on. Isn't I mean, that the best way to enjoy curling? Yeah, you should get a trophy. Right. How many uh, how many sports besides curling do you think, realistically, you can play drunk? Um, can I tell you something that I heard once? Yeah. I had a friend who dated... I'm going to try to keep this pretty general. I had a friend who dated maybe the greatest hockey player in the world ever. Right. Uh, his niece. Mm-hmm. And at an NHL All-Star game, he went into the locker room to say hello to this greatest player who's ever lived. And they were doing tons of shots. Oh, is like, that right? Like, like a, like a, like a bar in Westwood <laughs> right before the UCLA USC game. Just I know, people downing vodka. I know you're trying to be secretive, but is pretty well known. <laughs> anyway, they were all doing pretty shots. well known to drink. Very drunk, yeah. So the story goes on. There was some damage in the locker room. Uh, other teams were complaining about their stuff being kicked around in the locker room. It's unacceptable behavior. And nobody wants to watch or listen to that. I I disagree. I disagree, too. I think there are some sports that could really, really be helped by being drunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about that cross-country skiing and then they shoot something? They stop and shoot and then they I ski mean, some more. Seems semi-problematic. Drunk. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could probably come up with some issues with that. So here's a little bit of the – it was live streamed. And here are some guys sitting around talking about the team uh, that got kicked out. That is what Team Cooey did yesterday. They just made up their own rules. Uh, they got here about 11 o'clock. They were sitting over there drinking. 11 o'clock in the morning. Just started pounding beer. About 30, 40 empty bottles of beer, and they were doing shots. Then they went out there completely drunk and played, kicking rocks, throwing brooms, got disqualified. <laughs> oh, listen to the other guy. Oh. By the way, um, if there's 40 empty bottles of beer, only four guys. Four guys. Ten oh. beers per. Plus shots. At yeah. 11 a.m.? 11 a.m.? That'll, that'll get you buzzed. <laughs> then they went out and started kicking around the stuff, and apparently they won one match, which they've been disqualified from, uh, and then they lost one. Other teams were saying, we do not even want to play here anymore if they are allowed. So they said, what? 
Yeah, what a bunch of what's wrong with those people? Narcs. Oh, uh, we don't exactly. Uh, I don't want to go out there and curl <laughs> with the drunk dudes. It's unsafe. <laughs> Team Cooey disqualified, and they're never allowed to play here again. Okay, that's oh. the other thing is not only were they disqualified from the tournament, but the teams were complaining so much that these four guys are never allowed back in this arena. Squares. Lifetime ban. Now I heard, did you, Kevin, that they were they were literally breaking brooms. Yes. That you're spending a little sweeper things and apparently swearing which just doesn't fly oh, you know, in the curly world right there they've got a stiff upper lip is that what you say okay. yeah <laughs> and brad jacobs ryan fry skip called here to apologize and apparently there's further discipline against him okay so now not only are they banned for life there's further discipline <laughs> what more can they do this guy should be getting a medal <laughs> Not discipline. I don't know if they should get a medal. I feel like they've ruined the tradition that is curling. Four years ago wins a gold medal in the Olympics. This guy four years ago was one of the gold medal winners. Oh, my gosh. How great is that? storied athlete. He's like, I've won gold. Listen, it's curling, people. Let's drink. Now gets too drunk to play. Yeah, yeah. These guys love it. As drunk as they were, they still went seven ends. They only lost by a point. I wish I could play that good drunk. <laughs> I mean, come on. I like that he was like, they almost won. They had seven ends. I'm like, what's a seven end? <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> so this is remarkable. We're not in Olympic season, right. yet we still seem to have... Right? Curling. We always well, assumed just because we didn't know that the, the curling wasn't a thing outside of the Olympics. But I, I didn't know they do it outside at all. Do they have a league? Apparently, they have leagues. They have world championships. Oh, they must. There must be a way you have to qualify sure. to, to play at a higher level. So, yeah, I mean, I think you I think you, you nailed it, Kevin. If more curlers were drunk, more of us would watch curling. <laughs> Absolutely. I really don't like any of them. The Kevin and Bean Show. How can you say that, bro? So maybe they're not politically correct, but it's funny. <laughs> K-Rock. It is a terrible time to be named Brett Kavanaugh, a Kentucky man says in a viral tweet. This guy. <laughs> it was everywhere over the weekend. That's the entirety of his tweet. It's a terrible time to be named Brett Kavanaugh. What is it like when you're going through life and your name is Brett Kavanaugh and it means nothing to anybody and then all of a sudden... You're just, you can't go anywhere or say anything or do anything without people commenting on your name. Yeah, this happens with people who commit crimes. All of a yep. sudden, you're named, you know, you have the same name as somebody who killed other people, mm -hmm. did horrible things, and, and you have that same name. That's got to suck. It's got to suck. And like I, like I was saying earlier, it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative situation, a name, a controversial name that people may have an opinion on, but it could just be, you know, anyone who is famous. If your name were Liam Neeson, that's something you got to deal with. I don't all the know. Time. I just I'd accept that. <laughs> You'd be fine William with that, right? Yes, I am. So uh, Brett Kavanaugh tweets that out. The the other Brett Kavanaugh, not the Supreme Court justice. And then the follow up to that is from somebody named Mike Pence, who tweets, "Welcome to the club, brother." <laughs> so what's Mike Pence's life been like? Well, believe it or not, we're about to find out because Mike is on the phone with us right now here on the Kevin Bean Show. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, guys. Hilarious uh, response to Brett Kavanaugh's tweet, but this is something you've been dealing with, what, for about three years now, I guess? Well, you know, I've been vaguely aware of this guy ever since he uh, was, you know, in office in Indiana. And then when Trump named him as vice president candidate, my world sort of came undone. And tell us about that. What was that like for you as he was in the news every single day all the time? I mean, do people always want to talk to you about it and about him? 
everywhere I go. What was weird initially was all of a sudden I'm on, not me, but my name is on all the late night shows. Mike Pence this, Mike Pence that. Right. And all the comments are like terrible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it, but it's my name. But, you know, everywhere I go, like when I'm crossing the border, people comment on it. When I'm buying dinner, when I'm, I mean, when I take it, when I, anything. I mean, it's inevitable. How, how many times time. are you crossing the border? <laughs> well, Just my, for the record. Well, my wife, my wife's Canadian. Okay. All right. So, so, you know, a few times a year. Gotcha. How many passports do you have, Mike? I'm just, uh, I'm following up here. Mike Pence is only well, one have, of his names. Well, exactly. Yeah, I have, I have that one. And then my other one, um, I, I, I don't have a joke. I don't have a good joke. <laughs> you're as, you're as funny as the other Mike Pence. All right. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> let, let me, uh, let me ask you this, Mike, and that is so often it has happened and it happened to this poor guy, Brett Kavanaugh, where people assume they find you on social media and they assume you're the person they're trying to reach. Do you sometimes get social media messages that are intended for the vice president? Uh, it has happened. I mm-hmm. definitely, and it's never from the people. It sucks. It sucks. What's not been great is that it's usually from supporters, and I'm not a supporter, so the messages tend to not be of a uh, a subject matter that I'm uh, into. Do you ever respond? Um, <laughs> well, one time a woman emailed me who definitely, <laughs> definitely thought that she was emailing the vice president, sure. and. Uh, you know, she had all sorts of complaints about, you know, it was it was definitely very clear that it was some sweet old lady. But, you know, questions and comments about the state of the country. And I and I wrote her back. Basically, I did. I didn't go all in on it, but I just was like, yeah, I agree with you. Sounds good. I'll see what I can do. Oh, you made her day. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> you should have put P.S. Yeah. I was wrong about the gays. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, and it was very funny because, uh, you know, with, with Brett Kavanaugh tweeting and then uh, Mike Pence on the phone tweeting, then Susan Collins, who shares the name with the senator from Maine, then she weighs in on it. And then Michael Cohen, the attorney, weighs in on it. And then Christine Ford, who is accusing Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, everybody involved in this whole news cycle right now is just uh, wreaking havoc with people who share their names. But uh, it sounds I like you've got, you got a good sense of humor about it, man. And look, he's only going to be in for six more years, dude. <laughs> I mean, you know, the the my what makes me especially nervous is, you know, he's uh just one uh impeachment or whatever away from being the president. So yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm just hoping that my name Good times. doesn't go yeah. down in history as much yeah. as I fear it Have might. you thought of changing your name? <laughs> No. Okay. All right. I'm Take it easy. It. It's just a question. I'm the, <laughs> no, I'm the good Mike Pence. I got to okay. reclaim it. I got to make. I got to make it honest. And I got to make it. You know. I got to reclaim it and make it uh, an honorable name. All right. By the way, that is uh, Mike's uh, Twitter handle, Good Mike Pence. If you want to check him out. All right. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> all right. I appreciate it, guys. Um, all right. So we are looking for you, the Kevin Bean Lister, who share a name with a famous or a notorious person. OK, we've done this. It's been uh, two or three years since the last time we did it. But I still remember talking to Tom Cruise. I still remember talking to a lot of listeners with unfortunate names. It can be good people, but it's still a pain in the ass because you share a name with them. So now, there was a Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Out there, for example. And, that, and by the way, that has to be a very common name. Jackson's one of the most common last yeah, names in so. America. Michael's one of the most common first names. I'm sure there are lots of Michael Jacksons. I wouldn't do it to my kid, but right. apparently a lot of people did. You share a name with a famous person. We want to talk to you next on K Rock. 
It's my favorite part of the show when they have the crazies on. I know. I feel so guilty for laughing, but it is so funny. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. So we just talked to a Kevin and Bean listener named Mike Pence. You see what his life is like now. Uh, Kevin, you heard from Eric Estrada on sure. Twitter. From the 310, my brother's name is Aaron Hernandez. His social media blew up when he got arrested and during the trial, as you can imagine. Jensen, you came up with Taylor Swift, 31 years old, lives in Seattle. He says he gets between five and ten emails every week intended for the other Taylor Swift. There's a folder they go into because, honestly, at this point, it's pretty commonplace. I don't think too much about it, but nearly all of them are some variation of, oh, my God, you're so pretty, and I love you. <laughs> yeah, Great. That's, that's what is it. So he's been getting my emails. Okay. He, he's living the life. <laughs> all right. Let's talk to our friend Adrian Gonzalez, shall we? He's on line one on the Kevin and Bean show. Hey, Kevin and Bean. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you. So does it make you sad oh to not, not be playing for the Dodgers right now? Dude, I'm a lifelong Dodger fan. Uh, by the way, Mama Mugs, please don't call. No, don't be mad. <laughs> yeah, because whatever we're doing uh, right now, we're the, not talking to her is working. So we'll keep going with that. Thank you. I get messages all the time, like I, during baseball season or whenever there's Adrian Gonzalez news. I get like an email, like, "Hey, man, we need you back on the Dodgers. Why the f are you with the Mets?" Uh, I had a kid call and, "Hey, can you help me with my swing? I have a kinesiology <laughs> degree from Cal State Fullerton, so I was able to like say like, hey, this is like your proper swing technique." You but actually could help I'm not him. That guy. <laughs> so it sounds like just... it sounds like you're not all that mad about it because you admired Adrian Gonzalez and you're big Dodgers fans, so it's kinda cool. it's kinda cool. I do get like the hateful ones. The hateful ones make me laugh the most. Like like when uh when he played for Boston I get like a Yankees message. Sure. Like a Yankees fan message and I'm like, Okay, cool. I'm just going to show this to my brothers, and we're going to, like, drink beer and laugh about it because it's hilarious. (laughs) All right. Well, it sounds like you're handling it well. Thank you, Adrian. We appreciate the call. Let's go to line three. Let's say hi to John Hinckley Jr., who, as far as I'm concerned, it's just it's not his fault. (laughs) John Hinckley Jr. (laughs) Good morning, Kevin and Bean. Hi, Allie. Hi, Uh John. John, how old are you? 45. Oh, so you predate the man who tried to kill President Reagan. His dad. I do. I I, I got to uh, spare all the social media grief, but uh, let's just say when we go to restaurants, um, that was definitely a head turner to have that last name. Oh, oh my god, that's that's great. Hell, uh, John Hinckley Jr. is my name. <laughs> that's awesome. They'd be afraid not to seat you. Let, let me ask you this seriously: Was it? Did, was it a? Are you married, guy? Was that the, a conversation you had to have with your fiance about that name and her taking it? Well, it wasn't specifically on that. The story's actually a little weirder with my family because he did that to impress Jody Foster. My mom's birthday is the same day and year as Jody Foster. Your All mom right. is Jody Foster. Is okay. your mom Jody Foster? <laughs> no, my mom is not Jody Foster. That's a weird thing <laughs> for them to do. Yeah, that is yeah. very weird. All right, John, keep they doing hate what you're you, doing. John. Thank you for the call, sir. We Thank appreciate you. it. Hey, can I interest you in someone even worse than John Hinckley Jr.? Say hello to Hugo Chavez, who joins us now on line seven on the Kevin Abish Show. Hey, Hugo. Hey, good morning, party people. How's that going? So I first started when I was little, you know, I was a little kid, like, I don't know, maybe 10. I got my first, you know, older person asking me, uh, you know, you're, you, you have the name of a dictator. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah, he's a dictator from Venezuela at the time. I didn't even know what Venezuela was. And I was just like, uh, what? You know, and as I get older, I keep getting, you know, these older people telling me the same thing. You know, hey, it's a famous dictator name. You know, you're doing a lot of horrible things in Venezuela. And I'm just like, wow, okay, thanks. 
That's odd and that the they would tell that they would feel like they need to inform you of that. <laughs> All right, because yeah. you would pretty uh, exactly, much know it. Exactly. It's a weird move. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, the funny thing is that I have an uncle. I was named after my uncle, so his name's also Hugo Chavez. And, you know, he's a little, you know, he has kids all over the place. And every single time he has a kid with a new lady, it's always Hugo Chavez. <laughs> wow. Always getting those names, yeah, those comments as well. Pretty sweet. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be only older people at this point because young people don't know anything about him. So it will, yeah, it will eventually dead. fade away exactly, right? Thank you for the call. Appreciate that. You guys want to talk to Lisa Lopez? She's yeah. on uh, line sure. eight. Sure. Why not? Hey, Lisa. Hi. Hi, Kevin and Bean. Lisa Lopez. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm a longtime listener. I go back to the Richard Blade in the Poor Man days. So wow. Really that, was a, that was the last time K-Rock had a good morning show, if you want my opinion. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. So how often does somebody make a left-eye joke with you? Um, almost every day, several times a week. It's been happening, obviously, for about 20 years now. I know when I was in community college um, in my 20s, I had a professor taking role, and he's like, he said, Lisa Lopez, oh, wait, left guy's in this class, and started looking for me. Um, my hubby is a Falcons fan, so, you know, she burned down Andre Risen's house, yeah. so those jokes. Good and times. Then, <laughs> Lisa, what about your songs? friends? <laughs> um, my friends? Well, what about them? <laughs> well, say it, well, say um, it, Allie, say it. A real Mark Wahlberg moment there. <laughs> She just got it, yeah. just got it now. It's not, not my type of music at okay. all. So all right. it's just, yeah. It goes, I mean, I'm K-Rock. It goes right over my head sometimes. <laughs> Good times. All right. You are awesome, Lisa Lopez. Thanks for finally calling in. Thanks for listening for so long. Gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, I've never heard a bigger crock of bull crap in my life. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K-Rock. Allie, I've been very much looking forward to hearing about the worst bride in the world ever. I mean, we all know brides that lose their minds during the process of getting married. Yeah, we call them bridezillas. Bridezillas. They're just, they're tough to be around. They make everything difficult. This woman, I thought, there's no way it's real because she is so out of her mind. But apparently she is. It was we shared. all doubted. It, we yeah, all we, doubted. It sounded like yeah. it was fake. Like the, like this was some sort of a parody of a bride misbehaving badly to her own bridesmaids. But they yes. exaggerated too much, and no one's going to believe it, <clears throat> except for it's real. It is real. It was shared <laughs> on a wedding shaming group on Facebook. First of all, there's one of those. Right. Who knew? I mean, come on. <laughs> but uh, someone took screenshots and put them on Twitter, and that's kind of how it gained some traction. So it's a very long post. I'll leave a bunch of it out. I just want to give you some of the highlights. Okay. Here's how she starts. This is from the bride herself. The bride herself. Okay. Dear friends, comes with great sadness that I'm announcing the cancellation of our wedding. I apologize for canceling only four days beforehand. Unfortunately, days. we've broken up due to some recent and irreparable problems. After hours of tears, mental exhaustion, even disassociation, I've come to this decision. Here's where she lets everyone know what's going to be happening in her life. Okay. In one hour after posting this status, I'm going to delete my Facebook. Social media has caused me paranoia and toxicity. I'm going to be spending these next two months backpacking in South America, exploring my soul, ridding myself of toxic energy brought on by my friends and family, the ones I thought I could trust the most. When I'm ready, I may make a new Facebook and add friends and family that haven't effing stabbed me in the back. (laughs) Before I begin this mini novel, I invite all of you, including the See You Next Tuesdays, who have ruined my marriage and life and put yourself in my shoes for once. Let me take the stage and let me voice the most painful few months of my life. How I did, know. 
I want to know how her wedding guests ruined her life, and she broke up with her fiancé over this. Yeah, she goes on to explain how they met, they dated, they had a child together in their early 20s, and then they saved up $15,000 for a wedding. Okay. But then she realized, that's not my dream wedding. My dream wedding costs $60,000. So they waited until they could come up with that much? No, no. Borrowed they from parents? They scaled down and just went with the $15,000 wedding because their future together is what's more important than one day ceremony? All we asked was for a little help from our friends and family to make it happen. Oh, they asked for help. I'm going to put emphasis on words that she spells in all caps. Okay. I specifically, I mean specifically, <laughs> asked for cash gifts. How could we have our wedding that we dreamed of without proper funding. (laughs) Here's where it gets nuts. We'd sacrificed so much and only asked each guest to give around $1,500. What? $1,500? $1,500. Did you say every guest? Each guest. Holy crap. We talked to a few people who even promised us more to make our dream wedding come true. My maid of honor, who shall not be named, pledged $5,000 along with her planning services. We tearfully thanked and accepted. My ex's family offered to contribute 3000 So our request for 1500 for all other guests was not effing out of the ordinary. Wow. Like, we made it clear. If you couldn't contribute, you weren't invited to our exclusive wedding. It's a once-in-a-lifetime party. Oh, my <gasps> God. See, that's an easy out for me because you want 1500 I'm not coming. No, Fine. Absolutely. No Done. worries. So we sent out our RSVPs. And only got eight people who replied and sent us a check. We she were... had eight people who sent her fifteen hundred dollars. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. By the way, I just want to butt in and say that my wedding cost less than fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, you went to Vegas and got an Elvis impersonator. Oh, we'll, we'll get to oh, that. Okay. We were effing livid. How was this supposed to happen without a little help from our friends? And to make matters worse, my ex's family took back their offer. Suddenly, more people backed out, including the See You Next Tuesday maid of honor, my best friend since childhood, my second family. (laughs) To make matters worse, it was only a month before the wedding. To cancel everything would have been more than 5,000. So we've resent out our invites and asked people to donate what they could. I mean, seriously, people, what is a thousand? What is fifteen hundred? Clearly, not a lot. It's a lot. It's it is a, a lot. lot. What is she talking about? The reason she's uh, leaving the country, by the way, is because she has no friends left in America. Yeah. We also set up a GoFundMe that only got us two hundred and fifty bucks. At this point, we were exhausted, tired. I yelled at my ex. I became unravelled. I oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At became, this point, yep, right at here. this point, she became unraveled. Then it got worse. Not possible. Here's my favorite. My ex came into the room and offered me a Vegas wedding. I laughed in his face, but he was dead serious. He wanted those cheap, raggedy, filthy, whore-like Vegas weddings. I mean, what the F? I had a whore-like wedding. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Was he out of his mind? Am I some hoochie piece of effing trash, a hooker? Am I supposed to like the idea of getting married in the heart of shady gamblers, alcoholics, and the get-rich fallacy? Suddenly, my body began to shake. I entered a panic attack. I then called my maid of honor and cried my eyes out. Instead of sympathy, 
I was told I was asking for way too much and I should stick to the budget. I mean, no words can describe. How could someone who offered me thousands of effing dollars then deny me my promise money and then tell me to shift down my budget? She knows my effing dream was a blowout wedding. I just wanted to be a Kardashian for a day and then live my life like normal. Go to hell. I called her a filthy effing poor excuse for a friend and hung up. She then blocked me on all social media. (laughs) It goes on to explain that then all of her bridesmaids turned against her. Of course. Her husband... Stayed out later and later. She suspected he might be cheating. I hope he was. (laughs) (laughs) Then her bridesmaids told her she was crazy and they wanted their deposit back. Love it. So I said, F you. I refuse to give it back until you can pay me back for emotional distress. Oh, my God. There's then a page missing. And it disturbs me to no end because something something went down, but a page is missing in all of this. But she ends up saying, I'm exhausted. I'm bone tired. My heart is the same. It's stone cold, fragmented, empty. I need to get away from this awful society. How hard could it have been to effing donate, my friends? Do I matter to you? Just effing give me my money for my wedding. <laughs> Goodbye. See you in two months. And a friendly reminder to you, see you next Tuesdays. Don't think you own me. I'm cutting all of you snakes off. I'm living my life alone now. I only let in those I believe have good intentions. XOXO. <laughs> you got a problem, lady. I can't wait till she goes away for two months. Yes. And then she realizes that she's a horrible human being. Do you what think? What you think she'll realize I don't know. that? I, you can't maybe. be this far up your own butt yes. and come out. You I just, can't. Um, maybe. I like to picture her coming back to the United States and getting on the phone going, hey. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> you are not a see you next Tuesday. Right. You do not have to pay me effing money. I may I have gone a little man. <laughs> over the top. <laughs> Really sorry about that. Allie, that's astonishing. It's, uh... Let's all cherish the people in our lives that aren't her, Amen. shall we? And whore weddings. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Introducing Rock and Roll. Allie, you brought up something interesting, which is kids' letters to Santa sometimes. Kids are dicks, right? That's what we're, that's our takeaway here. I don't, I don't think that's the takeaway. Uh, I, I it might think, be for some of these that I'm about to read, but... I was thinking about this. I was watching the uh, the Charlie Brown uh, Christmas special uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend, as I as I do every year, and I loved it, and it's great, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, but go ahead. And Sally it's is shaking down Santa. If you yeah. recall, her letter to Santa is just, hey, just send me lots of 10s and 20s. I just want it in cash this year. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, I bet kids are, are, are greedy little pigs. <laughs> wow. What'd you find out about uh, about letters to Santa? Well, I saw this letter to Santa yesterday that was posted, and it led me down a deep dive. Let me just read this one to you. It was posted online by a woman named Sarah McCammon, and she works for NPR. And she said, my six-year-old Santa skeptic was told to write a letter to Santa at school. So he did. She posted his letter. <laughs> Dear Santa, Santa, I'm only doing this for class. <laughs> I know your naughty list is empty. I know your good list is empty. And your life is empty. You don't know the trouble I've had in my life. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Love, I'm not telling you my name. 
well, he doesn't have to. He right? knows your name. He doesn't understand Santa. He doesn't get it, this kid. So I read that and laughed so hard. <laughs> That's awesome. At how somewhat threatening he was. And I thought, what are some other letters to Santa? Dear Santa, you better bring my pony this year, or there will be consequences. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, ridiculous. Next up, dear Santa, how are you? Well, enough chit-chat. Let's get down to business. <laughs> and then the kid lists all the things that he or she wants. Unbelievable. I respect that because that is that is appreciative of how busy Santa is this time of year. Exactly. Don't waste his time with, hey, how you doing? That is true. Enough chit-chat. Right. Uh, This kid just wanted to make Santa chuckle. Santa, I just wanted you to know, I love big butts and I cannot lie. (laughs) That's just what I wanted you to know. And that's it. That's all he wrote in the letter. That's awesome. And then this kid is clearly all about 2017. Dear Santa, please text my dad. He has my whole list. I love you. (laughs) Unbelievable. I don't have the time to sit down and write out a list of things I want. Listen, he's got it. Just, you know him. He knows you. (laughs) Just get to it. This one, this kid's just sick of being a kid. Dear Santa, I wanted to tell you that I'm fine. I don't know, but if you could turn me possibly into a dragon... Please, or a pet dragon. Either one will do. Though I would like it if you could make me turn into a dragon. P.S. Have a happy Valentine's Day. So this kid wrote what? far in advance, no, just I so Santa it. would be able to get this done. It takes a lot of planning to turn a kid into a, a dragon. Absolutely. I wasn't um, even aware that was something that Santa offered. I know, I know. Let's see if you can figure out uh, maybe where this kid is coming from politically. Okay, oh no. All I want for Christmas is peace and a job for my daddy. I'm a big boy and I don't want any toys. Mommy said you're not going to come to my house this year because Obama got elected again. (laughs) Come on. Why would a mom tell her kid that? (laughs) Well, he's probably old enough to know the truth, Kevin. That's why. Come on. And then flip side, dear Santa, I've got a great idea. On Christmas... When you're in everyone's house, you could take all the guns and put them in your sack and hide them at the North Pole, and then no one would kill anyone anymore in the world. Thank you. That's a lot of work for Santa. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Dear Santa, I want you to know that I want a puppy. And you're fat. (laughs) You're not alive. You're fat and stupid. (laughs) Riley. Holy crap with these kids. I now want children. So he's fat and not alive? And stupid. Just stupid. And by the way, S-T-U-P-E-D, which I love this kid. Who's stupid now, Riley? (laughs) Right? The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. I really feel like... We're about to nail this. We're not going to regret yeah. this at all. Mm-hmm. Am I right? No, no, no. This organic bit deserves <laughs> it. We're now, ready. Jensen, you found this on YouTube. Yes. Right? That's where you brought it to us? Yeah, there were flute fails. And basically, it's people who've never played the recorder. A uh, little plastic recorder. little plastic recorder before. And then they uh, basically play over a song or a small snippet of a jingle. Uh, and it's always awful. Okay. Here's an example.
<laughs> dead at the end there. I mean, I feel like we should have mm. played a, a worse one because yeah. ours are going to be terrible that compared to that. That wasn't that bad comparatively. All right, here's another one. So we have recorders in our hands, and we're going to try it yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to post it online or no? Yes? All right. All right. Allie, you're first. Okay, here's the thing. We could all pick a really upbeat, fun song and right. kill it. Could we? But what about picking something that's emotional and something that really you relate to? Mm-hmm. Like My Heart Will Go On? A lot like that, <laughs> except it's by Adele. Oh. I'd like to do Hello. Okay. We're holding on for that? With whatever breath she had left. This is painful. I think you nailed it. Right? Sh- sure. For the purposes of this conversation, yeah. you nailed it. I think I felt it was good. I think it was Adele-like. Thank you. <laughs> kind of Adele adjacent. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Jensen, what are you going to do? Uh, well, I went the other way. I think mm-hmm. it's time to celebrate. Okay. Uh, to mark the concert that Ali saw the other night. <gasps> okay. I've decided to take on Bruno Mars oh. and Mark Ronson with Uptown Funk. Here we go. You are nailing it. He was doing the hot damn parts as well. I'm nervous about what could be photoshopped in this bit. Right. Uh, But that was my uh, my Bruno Mars. Wow. It's my turn. That was gorgeous. As you know, my favorite band of all time, Rage Against the Machine. Don't do this. So I'm gonna rock it. Don't do it on my recorder. Oh Oh, man, you're gonna be in the band. I'm running out of air. <laughs> oh, you don't need to put that was so deep in. We we all put our mouth. Oh, here we go, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> hold on, hold on, bring it down. I got Come nothing. On. Oh, no. Do what I told you. A lot of veins in this forehead. Here comes a big solo. Damn, you guys. Here it comes. Do what they told you. Oh, no. Do what they told you. He's wailing. Do what they told you. This might be a seizure, guys. This might be the reporter. 
I feel like like I knocked a home run right in the World Series. That's how I feel. Oh well, I mean, bases loaded, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's with me. I think your your future with the recorder might unfortunately <laughs> be the same as the future of the Dodgers right now. <laughs> how dare you? You're not doing good so far. So far, the Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good on K Rock. K Rock. You know, uh, we talk a lot, Kevin, about how we're really old, and we've been doing this show for uh, 29 years now. We've been doing the morning show here on Kevin and Bean. It's too long. 29 years. We should, <laughs> we, should, we should be put down. And, and I was thinking about it as we prepare to welcome our next guest to the studio that when we started this show on January 2nd, 1990, The Simpsons was already on the air, had already been through its Tracy Ullman show, Incarnation, and was already a hit show on Fox when we started 29 years ago. And it's still on, and it's still one of the best shows on TV. And it's partly because of our guest, Yardley Smith, who joins us here. She is Lisa Simpson on The Simpsons. Hey, Yardley, how are you? I am terrific. Thank you for having me. You can't believe it either when you realize you've been doing the voice of Lisa Simpson since 1987, right? That's true. I can't. And plus, she's eight, and every time she has a birthday, she turns eight, and we just don't talk about that. <laughs> what? Uh, what were your? Uh, I mean, what was your expectation? I know in show business, nobody ever expects anything to be the rest of their lives. But when you, what do you remember about the first time you got in, or the first few times you got in to do uh, Lisa? Where did you think it would go? Oh, nowhere. Uh, and plus, the fact I had no interest in doing voiceover. I didn't have a voiceover agent. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. My God. I got How the, did you get the job? Then? I got the job because I was doing a play in one of the little tiny black box theaters we have here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think literally 17 people saw that play. And one of them, a year later, cast The Simpsons and said, I know who should play Lisa Simpson. Is that right? Yeah. Kidding. So wow. when my agent called and said, Yardley, let's go. I want you to audition for this voiceover. I was like, Glad. This is not part of my plan for world domination, <laughs> but okay, I'm not an actor who ever says no. And then I remember I went and read and uh, first read for Bart and didn't get that, obviously. I was, it just sounds too much like a girl. And then they mm-hmm. said, what about the sister? And I said, all right. And I had never done voiceover before, and I knew she was eight. I know I sound like I'm about 10, so eight <laughs> must be younger. So I went up like this. This is Lisa Simpson. <laughs> and uh, then I went back and read for Matt, and I remember he didn't laugh at my callback, and I thought, oh, well, I didn't get that job. Well, I gave it a shot. Oh, well, and then anyhow. you realize he doesn't laugh. And then he's, you know what's funny is he's, I, I always want him to be smilier than he is. Uh-huh. Maybe he's smiling inside. Okay. Uh-huh. He's lovely mm-hmm. as pie, but he doesn't so much show it on the outside. There are a lot mm-hmm. of people like that who yeah. just, they, don't, they never laugh. I even think if especially they fu- funny people. Even, yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. Even you know? if even if what you're saying is funny, they, they'll they say the words, that's funny. That's true. Yes, <laughs> but they don't laugh. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, really? So is it funny or what? Right. I so weird. Know. That's yeah. why you have to respond with, tell your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, so 
obviously it was a popular segment on Tracy Ullman's show, but then were you stunned when you heard they wanted to make it a half-hour program for Fox? Yes. I, you know, I, I actually often say that I I don't remember a lot of um, things in my life because I for a long time I was just never present. I was always focused on what's not yet done. Mm-hmm. So when they said we're going to half-hour, I also heard that this is the stupidest idea network has ever had. Nobody will ever watch it. You're out of your mind. This is what other people are saying? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were a mid-season replacement. January 1990 actually is when the second... So our first show aired Christmas 89. That was when we got Santa's Little Helper. Mm-hmm. And then we Who, went... by the way, I used to have a dog named Santa's Little you Helper. You did not. Did. Well, I, yeah. I sure did. You I did. love you. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to half hour, and I think everybody thought it was just, you know, a shot well, there, in the dark. There weren't any cartoons in primetime no. back then. It, there hadn't been a cartoon on in primetime since the Flintstones. Wow. So, yeah, everybody at Fox was like, whatever, dude. And so Jim Brooks, when he said, I want no studio or network notes, I want every episode to be scored by a 40-piece orchestra, Fox went, sure, because you'll only be on for 13 episodes. <laughs> Isn't it shocking how much animation is on the air now yes. when there was none when you started? And I think it's, it's you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I don't really know if that's true. But anywho. Yeah, um, I think if you do it well, you know, other people... People I agree. Try to do something else. Yeah. yeah. Was uh, this is the voice of Yardley Smith? Uh, obviously, Lisa Simpson on The Simpsons. It sounds what? so much like my character. You sort of kind of do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was the uh, was the show a hit out of the gate? Yes. Right it out was. of the gate, like massive. It was as though all of these fans, it was sort of pre-internet. I mean, the internet mm-hmm. existed, but not to the extent that it does now. And so. I don't think anybody had any idea that these underground fans were already so enthusiastic about the show. And then it just hit so big. So you didn't think it would go anywhere. And then you aired the first show and it, and it was a, an amazing response. Yes. That had to also shock you like crazy. So many things shocked it's me. It's just, yeah. so you, don't know, you don't know anything about anything. You I don't. Like. I sort of don't. But I'm, I'm good with that. All right. (laughs) Was there ever a time where there were serious talks about taking The Simpsons off the air or ending it at some point? Only in contract negotiations, which have been, um, you know, they speak about them in the press and they Mm -hmm. are uh, notoriously contentious. Mm -hmm. Um, But so far, nobody's actually pulled the plug. But in terms of the success of the show, though, Fox wants it to keep going forever if they can, right? Yes. I mean, look, it's all about the bottom line, dude. I guarantee you the day our show stops making money, they will pull the plug in the middle of an episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I always, when I see the stories about, oh, the cast is demanding this much, yeah, stick it to Fox. Absolutely. Get as much as you can. You don't have to agree they're your your bosses, but stick it to them. (laughs) <laughs> good good advice, Allie. Thanks, Allie. Um, what gonna, the f- when they hold me hostage, I'm like, Allie told me. Right? She told me to do it. <laughs> One of the things that The Simpsons has become uh, most famous for is the unbelievable roster of guest stars that you've mm. had over the years. There's, You almost can't think of any big celebrity, whether it's Mick Jagger or Stephen Hawking, who hasn't done the show. Do you ever meet those people yes sometimes less often now because technology is so good you really can pick every anybody up where there's a, an outlet mm-hmm. a, an electrical outlet um but if they'll come in and record with us we love it it's and it's so much better you know when lady gaga came she spent the entire day with us because we record all together like an old radio play which is, is that also, right i love yeah, that really i unusual. always i always assumed 
after several years that you would be in separate studios, like no. Bean, you know? <laughs> yeah, How Bean. dare you? <laughs> Bean. So you all get together at the same time and do each episode? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes, and it's uh, great because I feel like, and Jim Brooks did that because his, his, his you know, background is television sitcoms, of course, and he's done mm-hmm. Oscar-winning movies as well. Um, but his point was, well, it's a conversation like, anything in any medium why wouldn't you all be together because the way you say something is obviously going to inform the way i respond that makes perfect sense yeah Yeah, it would be like if we had recorded this interview separately and just given you the questions in advance it would sound completely (laughs) different than us doing it live on the radio i think that's well said (laughs) um how about uh now paul mccartney is the reason that lisa simpson is vegetarian i understand that's a true story did you meet did you meet paul when he did no oh Oh, son of a bitch i know our showrunner was a man named David Merkin at the time and the only reason Linda and Paul McCartney did the show was they said if Lisa she has to stay a vegetarian for the rest of the series and I can't remember what season that was it was like 10 or something dude Mm -hmm. we're now 20 years on and the writers have actually kept their word but David Merkin actually flew to their farm I believe it's in Surrey or Mm -hmm. it used to be where Uh they have a studio and recorded and I was not invited what that's rude that is rude what's up with that it's it's an episode about me <laughs> it changed well, the course of your eating habits uh, pretty much uh, of everything yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying what other uh, fun facts do you know about lisa simpson somebody who knows her better than anybody else on earth uh i think the one thing i guess what people ask me what they what i love most about her two things one her sense of humor you have to always Remember that Lisa Simpson has a great sense of humor. If you put her on a soapbox and just have her be the mouthpiece for whatever the issue of the day is, she becomes pretty insufferable. Mm-hmm. If you forget that she just screams with laughter at Itchy and Scratchy, right. then we have a problem. <laughs> the other thing I love about her is her resilience. I, I, You know, to this day, I'm 54. I'm like, oh, for the love of, could I just have a quarter of the resilience that Lisa Simpson has? Yeah, no she kidding. She is, you know, who I wish I had been at eight, certainly. Sure, all of and, us. And she <laughs> is, and I, I'm not, the, I'm not. Uh, this is not my quote, others have said, she's the moral center of the show, too. Like, she's the beacon. She's the one who wants to do things right and fair. Yes, yes. And people have asked me, do you feel a lot of responsibility? And I'm like, you know, I don't think it's easy to to land on the right. I don't think it's difficult to land on the right side of history. The Simpsons is a show you should check out if you haven't heard of it. Is that new? Yardley, it has been a delight having you in today. You are a delight. Thank you so much for stopping by. (laughs) Why did we agree to do this? Why did we agree to do anything? I hate us. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. I hate us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.